if tomorrow morning you had a million dollars in the bank, could you go buy real estate and make money right now? Absolutely. And the answer is yes. So then here's the real question. Then why the hell are you trying to buy real estate without money when you don't need to? You should focus on what every real business that's ever succeeded has done. Raise the money first. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Welcome to another episode of the Azria Show. I am Marcus Maloney, your host, and we have executive director and our co-host, Mike Del Pre. Hello, hello. And we are truly excited because we have the illustrious, the one and only John Burley with us on today. And he is going to break down the Burley model. Everybody hears the Burley model. What is it? But John Burley has made homes and millionaires right here in Arizona. So Azria. Yeah. And Azria, right? Azria millionaires. (laughs) So if you want to be a millionaire, you need to be really be listening to this show. So grab your pens, grab your paper, grab your notepads, take note, rewind it if you need to, because John is definitely going to give us a lot of content today. So John, how are you doing today? Man, Marcus, Mike, great to be here. Super, super excited. What a great time to be a real estate investor. So it, it, it's kind of like, so I always like Warren Buffett before Warren was known like he's known. Matter of fact, I like Warren so much in 1991, it was like $108,000 for a class A share. He didn't have class B yet. And those were the only people who got to see his annual report. And I actually, on the advice of a friend who was a billionaire, I paid $108,000 to buy one share of the stock so I could get his 12 to 15 page newsletter. Because back then it wasn't available to the public. And there was a, a lottery to get to go. I never won the lottery. And so it was literally, to me, it was worth $108,000 for that one thing. And there's so many good things that Warren did. One thing is that, first of all, it's always amazed me, all these books about how to trade stocks like Warren Buffett, Mm -hmm. little detail, he never traded a stock in his entire life. He he bought control. He bought and just held. He bought control of uh, companies and then held for decades. The one thing that was always great that I took away from him that he always repeated is that when others are greedy, be fearful. We just described 20 and 21. Yep. Okay. And then now as we're in 23, when others are fearful, be greedy. And this is time for us to come back out and do those good, greedy real estate investor glance, get those engaged and get mm-hmm. those moving. Because there's a lot of opportunity out there right now. We're finding some fantastic buys, really, really great numbers. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking just off MLS, not the deep off-market stuff that costs a bunch of money to find and yep. look and yep. you know takes a lot of time to generate. It's just a great time to be an investor. And so we're really, you know, with with moderation, putting that greed gland in full play because uh, mm-hmm. there's some deals out there that are really good. Okay. Sus. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Marcus. Man, John, I just love the energy. Every, <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time that we talk to you, I just love the energy. I mean, you jump right in. You know, I just, I just feel like sitting here all day and just listening to John talk, right? Hey, I know he's got the knowledge and everything upstairs. Well, it wouldn't yeah. be the first day that I sat around and talked real estate the whole day. Yeah, that's for sure. Those are the best days. So so tell us, for those who don't know who you are, John, introduce us to John Burley, what you do, how you've been doing it, what's, what's your background? Yeah, so roll the clock back a little bit. I mean, I started in sales, actually door-to-door at six years old. Wow. I made the six years old, six years old, door to door selling fruit. I actually made a man's wage when I was six years old. At the end of the summer, when I was six, I had over $500 in the bank and I bought way too much candy and bubble gum <laughs> and baseball cards. So always been entrepreneurial, did a lot of selling, owned, started owning businesses at 18 because you had to be 18 to own a formal business yep. and uh, did that. And I went to the first real estate seminar in 1979. Now, there wasn't a lot back then. There wasn't a lot of educators back then. There was no internet yet. There was literally three books on creative real estate that you could find, um, mm-hmm. one by Nickerson, one by Kuhn, and then you had Lowry and Al- and Bob Allen. That was it, which was good. Probably there wasn't too much information yeah. to where you got confused and didn't do anything. Right. 
And so I went to the first real estate event. And you know what? Just straight up, man, I drank the Kool-Aid. Okay. We all did it. Yeah, yeah we, we all did well, That's, why we're, <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing was all the same thing, man. It's like literally it's the same thing today. It was all about how to buy real estate with no money down and no credit, how to do assignment of contracts and flips without your own money. It was all this just no money, no money, no money, which I drank the Kool-Aid. I didn't stop to think about it. Because mm. it's like, well, that's not how I run my businesses, you know. And and then I became in, in the Wall Street side of the of thing. I became had a brokerage and was in the the financial planning, the Wall Street side of the world. And that's not all how we did it. And mm. I had a very high end boutique firm. My clients literally in the eighties, minimum net worth was ten million dollars, and that's oh. a lot of money today. That yeah. was an extraordinary amount of money in the mid and late eighties. And all of them, I mean, if we were to look at, they're all basically, you know, what you do if you went to ASU or Stanford or Harvard and got an MBA. It was like, hey, there's four things you do. If you were to take that MBA two years and put it down into a paragraph, there's four things we do. The first thing is you have a great idea. Well, the good news for all of us, whether you drank the Kool-Aid yet or mm-hmm. not, is real estate's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But then this is where real estate really did it bass backwards. The second thing is that you raise money. You don't form a business, try and make it without money. You raise the money first. I mean, it'd be like, why was I going to do a McDonald's franchise, which I had several clients that were large McDonald's franchisees. It's not like, you know, if it was a real estate seminar, we'd be figuring out how to lease option the lettuce. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to do for the special sauce, I'm going to do an assignment, of contract. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and lowball them with no cash for the hamburger. And I'm going to get an owner financing on the bill. I mean, it, it, we laugh because it's like, well, John, that's stupid. That's ludicrous. And that's real estate investment education still today for most of it. Yep. Yeah. And, and the next thing is that every real business has a system to monetize, meaning a way to get paid. And with real estate investors, especially when you're new, you're trying to do a flip or assignment. I mean, and we're veterans. We know the truth. The truth is that doesn't happen in 15 right. days like on TV. Mm-hmm. 90 days to nine months would be a short go starting from zero to actually get a check. Yeah. And what business survived waiting 90 days to nine months? So most people quit before they even get it done. You know, and then the fourth step would be to run it like a business. So great idea, real estate. Mm-hmm. Raise the money, which real estate invested education basically just pretends doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Have a system to actually get paid, which they again pretend it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And then run it like a business, which they don't even acknowledge they're in business. And they True. wonder why most real estate students fail. I drank the Kool-Aid. And then, you know, in the late 80s, you know, 1980, I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. I mean, I'm struggling so hard to do real estate deals. And then when I was sharing with some of my clients, you know, who did their businesses and invested with me in the, in the equity market. So like, going, well, why did you do it that way, John? I mean, what, why don't you just line the money up first and right. charge a fee like you do with financial planning? So silly me, you know, hit me in the head enough times. I figured it out. It's like, wow, I was going to do real estate investing like business, which nobody else did. And all my time in the securities industry has given me a, a different outlook on real estate than anybody I've ever met. When I look at real estate, this is what I know to be a fact. Real estate is like every other asset class. Real estate has absolutely nothing to do with real estate. It never had anything to do with real estate, and it never will. Real estate is entirely about money, like every other investment. And kind of, for those of you listening right now, here's the question right now. Here's the question. If tomorrow morning you had a million dollars in the bank, could you go buy real estate and make money right now? Absolutely. And the answer is yes. So then here's the real question. Then why the hell are you trying to buy real estate without money when you don't need to? You should focus on what every real business that's ever succeeded has done. Raise the money first, then buy the real estate. So we only go shopping and I've done thousands and thousands of properties. So in 1989, I formed a private equity company headquarters here in Phoenix. We've invested in 11 other states, two different countries done thousands and thousands of transactions. Those aren't mine. Those aren't my student's deals. Those are mine. So literally most rooms I'm in, I literally have more deals than every single person in the room combined, including all the educators. And it's not bragging. It just is. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're really high volume practitioners. We do this business in a big way and we've been doing it full time since 1989. And what we focused on was raising the money. First, every single house we buy I get a $10,000 placement fee. And after that, everything that we make or lose is split 50-50 with the investor. And because I get some money up front to pay my own bills and eat, Mm -hmm. I don't flip anything. 
we keep it all because <laughs> you know it's like right now if you were a flipper man we won't even go back to the pain of your 11 12 yeah. 13 14 15 16 deals how'd you like to have those back yeah how about yeah. just your deals you bought in 19 or 20 I mean, True. how yeah. much money have you given away that when I did flipping in the old days too, mm -hmm. it's just like, it, it was painful. I still have a property that I bought in 90, early 90, that I drive by at least twice a year to remind myself because I made $14,000 and that house is worth 300 grand more than I paid for it. And you know what, John? And that's what a lot of flippers always say, you know, man, I wish I wouldn't have sold that house. They oh. look back two years ago. I wish I wouldn't have sold that. Oh, and, and I get why they why they had to sell it. They needed money to live and pay their bills because mm -hmm. the model, it's unfortunate. And I've learned, let me be clear. I've learned so much from so many great real estate educators, so much. But within that, literally all the models I saw were completely flawed. So I learned a lot about real estate, but then I didn't do it the way they did it. I changed the order. I got the money first. Then I did deals because money, if you have money, real estate's a very easy yeah. game. And, and look, now understand, look, I get what you're thinking out there. Well, that's easy for you to say you're rich. Yeah, but it was also easy for me to say when I wasn't rich. What I knew is there was lots and lots of other people that had money who didn't have the time to do real estate. See, most people who have money, guys, they're not hanging out at RIAs. Mm -hmm. They're working 50, 60, 80, 100 hours a week, busting their you-know-whats to make their money. And now when they're older, they're 40, they're 50, they're 60 years old. They make not even 50 bucks an hour anymore. They're making 100, 250, mm -hmm. 500. I have many clients who make over $1,000 an hour at what they do. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go to a RIA and learn how to be a part-time right. real estate investor. Right. They have the money. They just don't have the ability to place it well. And so they are looking for people just like you listening right now. Who are at the RIA. Who are at the RIA. <laughs> yeah. learning, that in there. learning how to place the money. Yep. So what we do is we take the placement side and then match it with what they need. And then what we did is we reversed the model. When I looked at all the traditional real estate models, so when I first started, we had the private equity company. I was the first guy out from Wall Street. So back then, all Wall Street did was commercial buildings, which makes sense. 98% of the players worked on a fee basis, meaning right. mm -hmm. not profits, fees. And the main one being asset management fee. So they'd buy a building, it's worth $10 million. I get 2% asset management fee, whether it's rented or not. The valuation is based off what's called performer rent. You know, so maybe it's mm. supposed to be 40 a foot, but the market's only 20. So if I rent it, my pay goes down until they just leave them dark. And so it's like, when I started doing the single family homes, we were doing rentals. And I started to go into all these seminars for property mm -hmm. managers. And I was getting my CTIM and I was realizing, wow, what you're teaching me how to do is to generate more fees and more costs for the landlord, for the, the landlord. owner, I'm the owner. So you're teaching me how to screw me yep. out of money. Yeah. So this doesn't work. And then it's like, look, this is not a new thing. The news makes more of an issue than it used to be. But look, there's always been this adversary relationship between the tenant and the landlord created by both parties. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so how do we reverse engineer this? It's like, well, I never had anybody move into rental house and go, oh my God, this is it. The rental home of our dreams. We're going to stay here for 30 years. In fact, True. most of it True. was the opposite. It's like, wow, yeah, we're just going to rent for a couple more years. We're saving up money mm -hmm. to buy a house. It's kind of like one day I had an epiphany. Well, why don't I just sell them the homes? So we put thousands and thousands of families in homes. 2,200 have cashed us out. So I designed it where they would win. So not the seminar land, owner financing, lease options where you rip the people off and they don't get mm -hmm. the house and they trash it, but where they really and truly can win. So the whole solid thing of the Burley model, first phase in the Burley model, have the resident own the home and win with the, with the objective being them to get the deed and pay it off in full. That, that's the win. And if I yeah. take care of the resident, William call them tenants because it's such a, a derogative term in modern language. Mm -hmm. We call them a resident and the owner. If they win, they stay and pay. And, and look, it's a stereotype, but we use stereotypes because they're mostly true and we're not on Fox or CNN. In the real world, we all still use stereotypes because the reality is, you can drive down most streets and with about 80 to 90% actually, you can literally just as you drive by houses, renter, homeowner, 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 renter. Oh my God, renter, homeowner, homeowner. But little, you know, they're like, well, what do you mean? Well, homeowners don't park on their lawns. Right. Homeowners have lawns. Lawn. <laughs> uh, you know, they take care of it like grandma's mm. house. Because what most people want is just the home of their dreams. 
And they want the same thing that our mom and dad or grandma and grandpa had because most of us, mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, lived in the home forever. I mean, yeah. they were there for 20, yeah. 30, 40, 50 years. That's all everybody wants. And regular people don't want to get a new house every three years. They don't want to upgrade. They want to buy it, move in, pay it off, and own it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we provide. 2,200 have cashed us out with a whole bunch more coming down the pike. So they win. Then the next step was the capital investors got to win. It's the same thing. Well, as a financial planner, it, our interests were not aligned. My job was to try and generate fees and income streams, not returns. And in fact, when I did extraordinarily good, I was actually told by senior management, John, you need to stop that. You can't make people that much money. They'll get uncomfortable and leave. And they did. <laughs> it was you know, the opposite of what I thought. And so first thing I knew, we took care of the res resident wins. Then I take care of the capital investor. Capital investor is best taken care of by the resident ending up owning the home. Where the capital investor gets it or not, doesn't matter. That's how I make the most money. And then I was really blessed. I was friends with Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar was a shining beacon. I mean, he was the, the shining light in the industry of, of ethics and morals mm -hmm. and values. And I got to share the stage with, with uh, Zig about 30 times, mostly eight to 15,000 people at a time. And just amazing guy. Can I ask you a question about Zig? Yeah. Zig's the best. That stood out about Zig. Or those 30 times or more you hung out with them, like what's the piece of advice you could share with everybody? Zig was one of the very few in the business. And as you guys know, I know virtually all the big names and we could just go down this mm -hmm. list for, for the last, well, close to 40 years. Zig was what I've always strived to be. He was the exact same guy off the stage as on the stage. He was the same guy. Cool. Which made it so easy when he spoke because he just went up, told the truth. Yeah. He didn't have to remember what he said in Singapore. Because <laughs> yeah. it was the just, truth. Was being himself. It's just being himself. He was so authentic and so genuine and so pure, purely cared about his students. He wanted them to succeed. And because, and my favorite Zigism, and there's a bunch of them, mm -hmm. there's hundreds of them, but my favorite was always if you help enough other people get what you want, you'll get everything you want. And that was the mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And so ours is like, look, let be, don't be like everybody else in seminar land who laughs about how we screw people out of a ten or $20,000 option fee and then they never perform. Mm -hmm. They don't perform. That's you, not them. Yeah. You have to set a program where they can win, which is why under our model, we literally go through six and a half resident applications to put one family in a home because I need to make sure they can pay for it. Yeah. You know, there's guidelines and rules we need to follow. Even sometimes we don't want to because if we break them, it won't work for the resident and they don't know better. I do. And then, you know, the capital investor wins with, with the capital investor. It's like, look, they have money that needs to be placed. It's not in the markets. Now it's out. They're scared right now. The money's moved out. I mean, all kinds of people have quarter million, half million, million dollars. I mean, just regular people with regular jobs from a 401k who are 50 years old have yeah. a quarter million dollars now. We're not serial entrepreneurs, guys. Mm-hmm. That's not who we want as our clients because they don't need us. These are mm -hmm. mainly people who just have worked hard or own a business and they're doing what they do. And then we place the money for them. Yeah, we get a placement fee of $10,000 per house because it costs money and time. Right. And we, in the beginning, especially, you need to pay your own bills. Well, let me jump in on that, on the placement fee, because that's kind of like the solution. That's why I like the Burley mm -hmm. model so much is a lot of people come into the area and they're just like, hey, I want to wholesale, make a few grand. So that I could save enough money to buy my first flip so I can make a couple more bigger chunks of money. Then I'm going to buy my first rental. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, why do you want to be in real estate to buy rentals? I'm like, well, why don't you just buy rentals? Buy rentals. Yeah. So, so your model allows you to eat and put food on the table like a wholesaler because of that placement fee. Yeah. So I love that. Because what we don't want to do is like, look, if you want to, if you want to own real estate long term, mm -hmm. then dang it, own real estate long term. <laughs> From the beginning, it was it was the same guys that were trying to teach me to buy it with no money down. You know, and I hate to say it, but I mean, literally, the guys you hear today, it's verbatim what the guy said 30, 40 years yeah. ago. There ain't nothing new. I mean, yeah, people yeah. can see your faces right now. It ain't nothing new. I yeah. mean, it's the exact same stuff, the nicest word yeah. I can use of what I was taught. It's like, why? Well, because they don't understand business models themselves. Because the reality is, yeah, you can flip real estate, flipping real estate. Let me, on the record, John Burley is saying right now, hey, flipping is great, but it will never get you what you got to became real estate investor. And this is what bothers me so much. So many of my brothers and sisters, my brethren in the business, and you guys see it every day. Mm -hmm. 
they forgot why they became real estate investors because you didn't become a real estate investor to flip houses. You True. didn't become a real estate investor to take on another job that has higher risk than your previous job. You became a real estate investor to be free. And, and freedom, this is where it's so good what we do for our capital investors. See, they want the same thing we do. I want to have more money per month sooner to where working can be a choice. See, I had enough money income at 32 to retire for the rest of my life if I chose. I had enough assets that were performing mm -hmm. that still are there. But my choice was to continue working because I love what I do. If I hadn't loved what I did, I wouldn't have created that much. I don't yeah. work the hours I used to work, but I still work for most people full-time. For us, it's kind of part-time. Mm -hmm. And I love running my private equity investment company. It's what we do. This is my sideline. Arizona loves it because they get to see me more and more. The rest of the country, yeah. I mean, I literally do three or four talks a year. That's it. I do four events to the public a year. That's it. Then the reason is you can't be around 40 weeks a year in 40 different cities teaching real estate and then running an investment company at home. That ain't how sure. life works. Yeah. And so what happened is most people I meet who've been around real estate for a couple of years, they forgot why they became a real estate investor because they didn't become a real estate investor to make 20 grand on a flip. They became a yeah. real estate investor to be free and mm -hmm. flips will never make you free. It's like Ralph Harding down in Tucson. Ralph's only got 42 houses. But he's been paying them off. He's got fifty-five thousand a month cash flow. I love it. Yeah, yeah. only, only, only. Yeah. <laughs> he's forty-two. Trisha Rockwood started in nineteen. You know, yeah. when when most of the local people at the Rio were saying real estate was too expensive, uh -huh. she started in nineteen, and, and in four years, Trisha's bought two hundred and five houses. She made one million nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars in placement fees. That's verified. Yep. She makes her cut of the cash flow is $84,000 a month. See, that's freedom. That's what we teach. That's what we're about. Whether you want to do it with a couple houses a year, make 20 grand, start making six, 800, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 a month, or you want to take it and build a portfolio. And I know at our April event, we actually have six Century Club members that'll be there. That, so that what's, in a, what's a Century Club yeah. member? Century Club member is a term that my students came up with about 30 years ago. And that's somebody who has 100 Burley homes in portfolio. So 100 homes kicking out $600,000, $800,000 a month, every single month. Because most of my deals, I bought it. Myself or someone from my own company inspected it before we closed escrow. We moved a resident in. And we never, ever were in the house ever again. And they lived there for 10 or 20 years, paying us every single month, and then cashed us out with a big check at the end. That's how I think real estate should work. And that's how it does for us. Because they're the owner. Right. They take care of it as if they're an owner. And so what we do is we just really focus on raise money first. And that can be cash or cash for down payments and ability to borrow. Because I have capital investors who do both. Some, some want to do the loans, some don't. Higher interest rates, quite frankly, if you're paying cash, the higher interest rates are the best thing that ever could happen. If you're paying cash, you hope interest rates go to 20% all over again because it just the real estate go down more and more and more mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter on your existing portfolio if your cash flowed and it's their home and they own it and they can afford the monthly it doesn't matter what the value is people all the time go like well yeah but john what if the market goes down and it's like okay well if you've been around the game for a while 2008 in this town we were literally 50 percent across the board dropped off by right. 10. not in 8 9 10 11 12. The worst years in the history of real estate in any of our lifetimes, if anybody listening, we were 90% retention, stay and pay. 91% wow. of our residents did nothing but stay and pay every month. And the reason is, look, just like, you know, we were going through the last big number. Most of my, cap, most of my residents back then were about 45 points away from a $500,000 loan. I put them into a $200,000 home. See, yeah. because I get paid when they stay and pay. I don't get a commission or a fee by jamming them into a loan they can't afford. Um, and I want them to succeed. I mean, the FHA, 48% debt-to-income ratio they're doing now, that's predatory lending. Mm -hmm. How many, if the market doesn't go up, if the market just stays sideways for the next five, seven years, five, seven years, they can't even get out. Yeah. I mean, you're setting them up to fail. It's not helping them. If the government really wanted to help, then let's just do this. Do a 2% first-time homeowner. Limit it to in this town, maybe on the west side, 400 grand, the east side, 500 grand, 2% interest rate. And the rest of you pay the market. Because if you're buying a six or $700,000 home in Maricopa County, yeah. you don't you need afford. government assistance. Right. It's right. nice to get, but you don't yeah. need it. 
True. Because you could fix the ownership for people if, if they wanted to fix it, which True. they don't, mm-hmm. which is why owner financing for us is such a lucrative business. Okay. So we went through step one and step two, which is one was make sure the owners stay in pay. Yeah. And then step two was make sure your capital partners win. Right. Okay. And, and then the third is we get into is, yeah, we get our placement fee as part of that. Then what we do is we manage it like a business. So you know, by the early 90s, because we had to reinvent them, we, the model didn't exist for owner financing because we don't do rentals. If someone calls about rentals, it's like, you know, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have houses for rent. We have homes for people who want to own. Do you want to own your own home? And they're like, well, no, I don't. I cannot help you. I do right. not have houses for rent. And, and literally, if you want to rent, it's a house. If you want to own, it's a home. They're different things. Yeah, sure. And we give yeah. family homes. And then what we do is we just <laughs> learn to manage it like a business. Obviously, what our students love now is, you know, this is 30 years plus proven. This is like exactly a yeah. model, step by step. Here's what you do. It's in, the, it's in the training program that we're going to be sharing with you guys, which we're really excited to be back at AZ yes. in March. Yes. And so it just run it like a business. And then just streamline it. Then you decide how big you want to scale it. You know, do you want to have 10 houses or 20 or 100? And those are just really exciting choices. So, so there's a lot of good stuff here. So like you mentioned, you're going to, you know, one of the reasons you're here is, is you have a training coming up here at Esri and Mark. So let's talk about that. Like you you went over a lot, right? So, so let's, let's break it down. So Monday, March 14th at our monthly meeting in Scottsdale at venue 8600, you're going to do an education presentation for us. Yeah. So kind of let us know what you're going to be teaching us that night. Yeah. So the main emphasis is we're going to get right to it. Okay. Not going to keep it hidden. Don't have to come to Saturday or any other events that I do down the road. Got Literally that night, I am going to go through and lay out for you the script that I use verbatim, word for word, when I raise money. Got it. You can walk with it and go raise money that night. Do most people continue to do more with this? Well, heck yeah. If you just got the keys, the golden keys, well, you'd want to learn a little bit more. So we're literally going to go through the script. We're also going to show you the outline we do with a house. That shows you exactly how we do a spreadsheet that everybody can see and understand visually instantly. We teach you the exact words that we say, okay. the exact talking points that we do. And we also are going to cover a little bit of creative financing because there's some cool stuff happening in creative financing right now here in Arizona. Got it. And we'll yeah. talk a little about what's happening on MLS, which is where most new people are going to buy on the multiple listing service. They're not going to get these secret off-market deals because those just take a long time to get. So we're going to get right to it. This is exactly how we raise money. This is exactly how you start doing your presentations and start making your $10,000 placement fees and then buying houses. Got it. So, so that's, that's great. So a lot there. I'm excited. So before, let me, I even went a little ahead. So it's a big yeah. night. <laughs> I already jumped ahead. So I went straight to the, the last part of the evening. So let's back up a little bit. So we're, we're doing. Cause we have a fun night planned. Oh yes, exactly. So let's go over that. We're going to do investor social. So doors open at 515. March 14th, Monday night. And we're going to have, you know, social networking, right? We're going to have all our business associates there. So you get to meet your team, right? Every real estate investor needs a team. So your team's going to be at the trade show. They're going to be answering your questions. We're going to have food available. So it's with the spring training theme because John, your event is called? Spring training. Spring training. So it's in March because it's Marcus. Spring training. (laughs) All right. That's what Arizona (laughs) is known for. So so, so we'll have food for you. Come have food, have drinks. Boomerang Capital is sponsoring the event. So that's our hard money lenders here in town. And what they're going to be doing is raffling off spring training baseball tickets. So we're going to be, so from 515 to 630, we're going to be doing raffles that whole time. Nice. And I, I love baseball like games. I go to, March is my favorite month of the year. I go to 15 to 20 spring training baseball games every Every oh, wow. year, I have a bunch of friends that fly in from around the country. It's kind of perfect for us. We'll play golf in the morning, then we'll then we'll go to a baseball game, then we'll barbecue, then we'll rinse and repeat and do it yep. again the next day. Love it's, it. it's living a, a life. It, living it's a living the life. life, man. March <laughs> is as good as it gets. And also, for you guys that are there, I'm going to be there with my team, but we're mm-hmm. also going to have a little over ten Burley grads. Okay, so get to meet be real people doing it, and and you can talk to them about what their experiences were and what it's like and how they're doing it because. I think it's really, really important, and quite frankly, it's something that I'm really blessed with, with our legacy that we have in our program, is that wherever I'm at, I mean, I have people that are 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years in the model. Wow. That are, you know, so literally like, you know, here's somebody who's got 10 houses, and here's somebody with 300 or 400 or 500. I have one guy with 6,600 properties. 
I mean, so wow. we've had some pretty monumental success. And, and so we're just going to have a great night up here Monday. Okay. Awesome. And, and then Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. So, so Tuesday. So we know the Burley model works in Phoenix. Does yes, it work it in does. Tucson? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> and Kyle's going to be there. In fact, I think last time you were a little surprised. It was the first time we had worked in Tucson together. Yep. And you saw all these people wearing green shirts that said Burley Boot Camp. I yep. think about 25% of the audience was actually a graduate of my program who had put big numbers on the board, who were yes. all millionaires. Yep. So there'll be a whole bunch of them there in Tucson. And then I'm actually Tucson standing over because Wednesday we have a Burley subgroup in Tucson and I'm actually going to be teaching it. Yep. Andy Kyle, who's a Century Club member who loves Subject 2. He's done a bunch of Subject 2 and other okay. financing. So he talks about that a lot. And we'll be talking about that Tuesday night as well as Monday night as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll be doing that. So it's a really full week. So Monday, up here, mm -hmm. barbecue, the, the good food, the yeah. spring training theme. Tuesday, yep. down in Tucson. Wednesday, I'm in Tucson for the Burley subgroup. And everybody's welcome. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just come to the Tuesday evening and you'll get the information. And this is all on ezria.org forward slash calendar. Yeah. All this information. Ezria.org forward slash calendar. So get in there and get booked. We do fight space at the Tuesday meeting. So people do want to get booked for that. We've been mm -hmm. close to capacity. Yeah. Capacity, yeah capacity a smaller there. event than venue 8600. It's the Scottsdale, or excuse me, Scottsdale, Tucson Association of Realtors over off of Grand. Grand or Grant? I don't know. Right. Don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> it's great. It, it, it's a yeah. little bit more intimate room. Yeah, a little more intimate. Good good way to put it. And then what we always do, speaking of intimate, we like our members that are going to hang out with you get, to get to know you a little bit better. So we do what's called the drill down. So we're going to come Thursday back here in Phoenix at our headquarters on Central and Highland. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm off on direction today. <laughs> 16th Street and Camelback, just south of Camelback on the Highland. Right here at our office, you're going to do a drill down session from six to eight. Yeah. What do we learn in there? Or what are you showing us? So first of all, all the nice guys, I hang out afterwards and answer Q&A Q as long as you have Q&A. So and you guys have seen it. I really yep. do. And the reason yes, is well, I used to be new, like everybody. So it's one thing all of us in this room, the three of us, and everybody who's listening right now, whether you've done a deal or not, we were all once new and had never done it. Same with True. Warren Buffett. We had never done it till we it. did it. And I remember being so frustrated because when I would go to events, it because it's almost always the same thing. Hey, it's a great question. Go ahead and write those questions down. I'll get to them at the end. And at the end, he'd leave to catch yep, a plane. You're like yep. going, what? <laughs> and then I had I was doing deals. I mean, I had like 25 houses in escrow and no one would answer a question. I mean, I you know, I'm just making it up as, as I'm going and made a lot of mistakes. And so I stay and answer questions as long as it takes. In fact, I was reminded this last week we were over at the Phoenix Open, which is another great mm -hmm, Phoenix mm -hmm. thing. And one of the students was with me with a guy named Prince Iboka. Prince is a great guy. He makes over $10,000 a month cash flow off of his Burley deals. Yep. And Prince, a young man, he's in his 20s. He first met me down in Tucson and he couldn't believe it. He was reminding him that we were on the golf course. I remember, but he was reminding me. I stayed till almost 11 o'clock answering this guy's questions while he was just a college student. Wow. Nine years ago. And, you know, today he's got 10000 a month and he's growing. He's growing really big. Is Thursday, so Thursday is amazing technology that we created about 25 years ago. See, because like everybody else, I get stuck all the time. What I wanted to do and what I did didn't match. I'd self-sabotage. And mm -hmm. so we developed a technology that we'll share with everybody that'll show you exactly how you're stuck and more importantly, how to break that pattern and move forward. And we look at it from a, a philosophical, a sociological, a psychological, an emotional. We look at it from a scientific. We actually look at how the brain actually functions, how the conscious functions, how the subconscious functions, why we're wired, how we are, how the wiring of the brain works, and how to break those patterns to do what that couple percent of the country does that the rest doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because there's a couple percent right. that are, it's like, you know, their results are so much higher than the rest of the world. Well, they have technology that they use to get themselves out of self-sabotage and get into doing it. So we're going to show you, we call it the secret quadrant. We're going to go over the quadrant, show you exactly how it works. And then we'll have, we'll have time to, we'll do some good real estate Q&A. Okay. And so if you got a question like, you know, how do I do, how do I really do NADs, not how the seminar said to do it? Well, this is how we really do that. Got it. And, and we'll just run through whatever you have. And so Thursday's a great night. Can we can we wow. take a break on Friday? So so yeah. So you got <laughs> well. If you guys insist, we'll take a break. I'll be in mode. I'll be ready right. to go. Yeah, you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Break on Friday. Break on Friday. Yes. Then if you want, all day Saturday and Saturday is awesome. Yep. We call it more money, more deals. 
Okay. And so what we're going to do, we're going to start out and go through refresher. And usually about half the people weren't at the evening program that book for the Saturdays because they're kind of, they've been around. So they know, hey, if I can't make the evening, just book Saturday, just book Saturday. Yeah. For some of you, just book Saturday right now. You don't need to come to Monday or mm -hmm. Tuesday to book Saturday. Just book Saturday. Yep. Simple um, as that. The more you get, the more you're exposed. If you like what you're seeing, try and get there every night. And then Saturday, so we'll open up. We'll go through the raising money. We'll go through how we do the numbers. We'll draw the house and show you how we determine the numbers, so how we buy the houses. We'll talk about the structures. We'll talk about there's 12 steps to buying a house. This is what they are. There's 12 steps to remarketing. This is what they are. One thing that we're really excited about that we normally only do at our events on the last day, but we did it once this year, and I'm going to do it again on Saturday. I'm going to show you the Burley Matrix. And in this matrix, it's what's so important. It's like, you don't believe it until you see it. Okay. And literally, I can take anybody's deal from the room. It doesn't matter. Over 10 years, we have eight steps that we monetize every single property. Eight specific things we do that a lot of people don't cover. From very aggressive first-year legal tax avoidance with Section 179, 199A, plus the normal stuff that's available, to you know the back-end, locking in a back-end price. So literally, if it's a $400,000 house over 10 years for decades, I make four hundred grand. $300,000 house, $300,000, $100,000 house, hundred. And we'll go through and do the early matrix. And we'll show you, this is our income stream for 10 years. This, this one of the big problem people have with money is they look like 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. But if you look at everybody who's wealthy, I'm not talking rich. I'm not talking podcast guys right. who make a bunch of money who don't really have any substance behind their money. Mm -hmm. Wealth. They all look 10 plus years at money. So when I look at people are like, well, you know, $800 a month in a house, that's pretty good. But $800, it won't change my life. No, it won't. But 800 times 12 is ninety six right. is $9,600. 9,600 times 10 years is 96 grand. Suddenly it changes yeah. what it is. I think some people don't want to look that far because it's scary. It's scary. Like, yeah. wow, I could be rich. Yeah. And so we're going to go through the numbers. And what you'll see consistently, you'll see that what we really make in our deals is 30 to 70%. Now, shh. This is a real estate conversation. We can't tell the public that because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's too good to be true. Yeah. But Saturday at the end of the day, I will show you exactly how we make 30 to 60 plus percent on every single deal we've done, thousands and thousands and thousands. And I'll have grads of our program that'll be there on Saturday to help you guys. So there's just me. So you'll have more people to ask questions and they will be telling you the same things. It's like, no, just. I do it exactly like John just showed you. Because one thing people always want to do, they, they come up to like a Trisha. Okay, Trisha, you got 205 houses. How do you really do it? I do exactly what right. John said. No, no. What do you really do? I do it exactly. Okay, that didn't work. I'm going to go ask Andy. Yeah. I do, yeah, and they're all the same. Mm -hmm. You got to be coachable. Right? Yeah. There's people I've helped or, you know, in the wholesaling world and stuff. It's just like, do the, this is what I do today. And this is what works. And this is how I'm closing deals right now. Right. Then you give them action step by step. And they come back. Did you do it? Well, I think I, I try, I'm going to try it this way. This way. Mm. I think if we did, no, 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 <laughs> just do what John says. Yeah. You, you know, when, when you're really rich and you got a whole bunch of money of your own, if you want to reinvent the wheel, lock and load. Mm -hmm. One thing that's too, that's really interesting. Almost nobody who's wealthy mm -hmm. is a shiny object guy or gal. Almost none. Virtually almost none. Mm -hmm. They do one thing. The same way for decades and decades and decades. It's a cookie quarter. It's boring. I mean, boring, it's like, yep, I've yep. had people all the time and, you know, John, you guys should do a TV show to be amazing. It's like, no, it didn't. It'd be the most boring show in the world. <laughs> we raise money. We have a bunch of money in the bank. There's zero issues with the money to close. We put a bunch of offers out. Some are accepted. Some aren't. Some are countered. We negotiate. We buy what we buy. When we buy them, things go wrong all the time, but we already know everything that goes wrong. It's already part of the model and part of the plan. It's not that big a deal. It's not an exciting adventure. Nobody yells. Nobody screams. Nobody swears. Nobody gets upset. We're not about to lose money ever. Yeah, right. This would be the most boring show in the world. So, so, and so, people wouldn't believe it. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean sure. most people I know have never heard me even say the F-bomb. Because I only say it like once every 10 years in business. When I do say it, the room mm -hmm. gets really quiet. <laughs> yeah. Did everybody understand? You want to drop one right now, John? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's wrong. All right. You don't want to use them 10 years. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you do them all the time, they don't have any effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just, you know, everything we do is a model.
Yeah. It's just all part of a system that we've been doing for over 30 years. I mean, literally, how proven is it? Well, when Wall Street started buying at 8, 9, and 10, five of the biggest firms on the street hired me as their consultant to teach them what to do. And then 60% of them rehired me five years later to tell them the exact same thing for double the fee. So, offer pad and open door is your fault, John. Oh, offer pad and open door <laughs> are amazing. And, and actually, wow. What if their business isn't what you think it is? So we oh, all talk right. about the one who lost $780 million, right? Mm -hmm. What if it was never a real estate play? Because yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when Zillow did that, they lost $780 million on paper. Yeah. So it wasn't actually out $780 million, which is, you know, a deduction. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, the stock went up over $10 billion. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, $780 million to make $10 billion. Just whack a couple... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whack a couple of zeros up. Would you pay $7,800 to make a hundred grand? Because that's all they did. Yeah. It was always, in my opinion, knowing those people well, having grown up with them, it was a stock play. If the real estate had made some money, whatever. Yeah. They didn't think they were going to lose as much as they did. Yeah. But the people at the top knew that the model was flawed, but boy, did it get them attention. How much news did they get? How much money yeah. did they make? It was a stock play. Got to remember most I hear all the time people go like, well, you know, blah, 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 such and such company, you know, they did, I don't understand. It's like, okay, the only truth was you don't understand the model. Right. Because they're not trying to make 10 or 20 or 30 or $40,000 on a flip. They're not trying to make a $10,000 mm -hmm. placement fee and $800 a month for the next 20 years on a house. They're trying to generate fees. Yeah, they're raising more capital. It, it, and it's just, you know. it's just a driving, it's just money, money, money. And they're so good at raising that even though they can't fulfill, they keep raising. It's like, you know, look, if you were being paid a million dollars a year commission to raise money, would you worry about the little fact that you had nowhere good to place it or would you just keep raising? Just I'd keep, keep raising. raising. Yeah. I mean, we all, well, we can all pretend and say something different, but if it was us, we'd just keep raising. And that's what they do. And so we just really, really look at making what we do work, helping people with their story. So we all have what I call a story and our stories are real, but they're not true. Because whatever your story is, why you can't do it, I can bring up, because we've been doing it so long, person after person that was worse off than you were, who crushed the business yeah. because they worked through their own story and they took appropriate action. And, and when you're starting out, I mean, if you come down there Monday night, Tuesday night, or Saturday, all I want out of you is starting out is three to four hours a week. Whether, yeah. you, whether you move forward in education with me or not, if you'll do what mm -hmm. I tell you to do, for three to four hours a week, which has nothing to do with real estate. Because the problem we've already forgot for most people is they're trying to buy real estate without money and it doesn't work very well. It's very, very hard. And look, unfortunately, it's too bad because the whole assignment of contract thing just destroyed the credibility of the wholesaling business. Yeah. Because too many bad apples Jeez. got in the barrel and too many families got abused and harmed harshly that you're now having waves we this state is just puny little regulation but across the country we're having waves of regulation some states you have to be a licensee oklahoma now yeah. you have to disclose your track record so if you oh. put 50 houses under contract and only closed on one you have to tell the world that 98 percent of the time i won't buy your house wow. and they're like well if i did that no one would sell to me exactly you're an evil person yeah so so speaking on that right the the wholesaling and it's even you know, the internet, the bad apples, right? It, you know, it's easy to get into. So the wholesaling kind of, you know, like you said, got ruined a little bit. So what about even like the creative stuff now? Like, you know, the same people are getting into the subject too. I know it's a buzzword right now. Right, right. right. It's a great strategy and you can do it, but you still got to be responsible. Oh, you very can't, much You so. can't have the wrong person. So we're, we're going to touch on creative financing on Monday and Tuesday night. Saturday, yeah. we'll do a deep dive session on it. Cool. So- I've done 480 subject to houses, mm -hmm. which is a whole lot, probably more than anybody you'll ever meet in your lives. And it's a very small percentage of what we did. Yeah. Very small percentage. You got to dot your I's and cross your, your T's. It is, it's, it, it's always, it's sad because the main thing that seminar land sells is greed, not need. So they sell flipping, which is the highest risk transaction you can do. You have no control over market risk and market can turn on you instantly. And what most people are finding out right now is, wow, I was never an investor. I was a speculator. Yeah. I was buying houses for what they were worth, hoping they were going up. 
There's no investment in that. You got lucky. Luck is good. Don't do it again. And then the sub two, they're very complicated transactions. I know a lot of people in the South teach, put them in a land trust. We're in Arizona. Mm-hmm. This is a full disclosure state. By law, you must disclose the true beneficial interest, not a disguised beneficial interest, which is what the land trust model teaches. Mm-hmm. And it's a criminal act to disobey it in Arizona. Yet I see people in Arizona who teach. It's like, oh, yeah, we do it in a land trust. Been doing this way for decades. It's like, no, you haven't. You haven't done many because if you'd done them, you'd know that most title companies today won't even unwind the land trust anymore. You're going to have to do a quiet title action. So we'll cover that in, you know, why we don't use a land trust and how to dot the I's across the T's. And I have very, very specific rules on the sub two and owner financing transaction. And there is, look, there's a good amount of them coming. It's not a tsunami like podcast guys are saying. There's not a tidal wave of foreclosures. I mean, the latest federal numbers show that in December... We were 2.7% of residential loans were in default, meaning 90 days or more behind. 2.7%, it's like the lowest number in 40 years. There's no tsunami coming. There is not a buttload of foreclosures. It's not 2008. To have a whole bunch of foreclosures coming, people can't have equity. Well, they all have equity. If you bought in 20, your houses come down 50 or 100 grand, but you're still sitting on 100 or 200,000 of equity and a 3% loan. And you know what the good thing about it, John, with your model, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we we take so our our model was like designed with so so the other hat, the hat I wear the most of the time, which is the founder and CEO of a private equity company. And my main job is to raise funds mm-hmm. and to do placements. My sole job is to reduce and mitigate risk. It is the exact mm-hmm. opposite of a podcast. It is the exact opposite of your quote unquote traditional real estate education guy who like makes it sound like, you know, I I perform miracles. This is my job. You know, from a baseball fiend point of view, my job is to hit singles and doubles. And by hitting a whole bunch of singles and doubles, I get a lot of grand slam walk off game winning home runs. Yeah. But I'm just trying to make money on every single deal, every single time. And I am completely, totally and absolutely aware of and factor in always market risk, interest rate Mm -hmm. risk. These days, you're naive if you're not putting in legislative risk. I, we're still yeah. a we're still a, a conservative state overall from a political side, but it is shifting more right. and more. You know, and if I if you invest in states that that have a lot more political risk, you're naive beyond comprehension if you don't factor that in. You're not a business owner who's playing with the full deck at that moment. Yeah, and market risk is like, look, real estate always goes down. Always has, always will. This is my fifth downturn. You, if you're paying attention and you take your emotions out, you can see them coming like clockwork. I mean, and the, the big one, 2008, those were every 60 to 90 years. American history has four huge downturns. Not, not happening next yeah. week like the podcast boys yeah, and girls yeah, are saying. Yeah. They haven't done any research. So, so let's talk about that really quick. Like, so you said something cool a few, a few minutes ago. The YouTubers, you know, everything that, that the influencers, there's no substance behind their money. So- and I, I see it, right? They're making money, right? It's, they're really making money online. They got the hype, the the, the flash, uh, but what's really behind it? And you kind of saw that with like the crypto and the NFTs and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, where are all those gurus now, right? So that so well, they're they're doing sub two deals. They're, yeah, they're yeah. doing something <laughs> different, right? So I say all that. So especially, obviously, everyone's welcome to, to the, these events in March, but the younger crowd, right? The, the person, it's easy for them to, there was an event this over this weekend where it was just like, just majority of younger people, but it was all like a lot of the hype, right? So it's like with you, why I'm re- really encouraging the younger crowd to be there is you're young, especially with technology. I remember yeah. I started when I was 30 and the investors I was selling deals to were like, I wish I started when I was 30. Now I'm looking at these kids at 18 yeah. getting the knowledge and actually taking action and making money in real estate. Oh, so it's, it's, it's outstanding. I love it. So I, what I, I say all that to say, John has been doing this since 89. You've been through five downturns. Actually started in 79. Started in 79. Started the private equity company in 89. Yep. And then started buying like no one had ever bought single family homes in history. Yep. And get that, like, I get a like, you know, hey, I, like when they're, the crowd is older sometimes, right? Get that out of your head. It's it's the wisdom. Like if you're younger and you're following all these and you come in March and you go to Monday or Tuesday, wherever you can make it, definitely come on Saturday. You're going to get a skill set that survived since 79. John is still here. He didn't disappear when a fad disappeared. Yep. Right. So you 
I think these 18, 19, 21, whatever it is, you can retire in three to five years and have a whole yeah. new career you, if you follow your model. Yeah, you'll, you'll literally, if you're down there Monday, Tuesday, you'll meet graduates of mine who are in their 20s, okay. who have been doing it five, seven plus years, who have never had a traditional job and never will. And there's no reason yeah, to. It's so true, uh, man. My, my son's 29 now, never had a traditional job. Yep. I started when I was 18. I did it bass backwards because it was like trying to do it all without money. So it's like, yeah, I found some deals and I made some money and I didn't lose money on them. Some of it was luck. Part of the, you know, as I got older, I learned that part of my own biases is that I should acknowledge when I got lucky and not just think I was good. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I was lucky back then. Where everybody will think if, if, it, if it worked out, I, I know what I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, anybody could have made money in 21. Yeah. In anything. Mm -hmm. Last few years. Yeah. If you and, didn't, you probably had problems. Yeah, you got problems. <laughs> Those are psychological and emotional issues, yeah. not system-based. You know, the, the thing is what I always like to do when I started when I was 18 is like look at really successful people. And so I wanted to listen to the people who were 30 or 35 or 40. We didn't have podcasts back yeah. then, but they were out there. But I also wanted to look at the people who were 60 to 80 years old who were, you know, worth tens or hundreds of millions of dollars because there's some wisdom there. Didn't mean I did everything they did, but I wanted to get what those pieces were and how those connected. Yeah. And then I learned as a young guy, I was like, wow, flash high income doesn't mean wealth. Because I had clients, I, I had several people who wanted me to invest their money. And when I looked at their financial statements, which is what you do as a Wall mm -hmm. Street guy, is like going, wow, okay, you got high income, but there's no assets. There's no right. money in this for me. Right. I won't. And they, they couldn't believe it. It's like, what do you mean you won't invest my money? It's like, you don't have enough money to make it worth my time to invest. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Like the financial statements, reading your statements. One of my first coaches I hired years ago was like, every Friday, I look at the numbers, P&L, run the numbers. I still buy all the online courses. I, if you got a course out there, I probably bought it just and see, just because I don't know everything. And I still yep. want to know what, there's a lot of brilliant people out there. Even right now, they're new to real estate. They drop great information. But yeah, don't, you never hear, look at your mm -hmm. P&L. You, know, you, know, you don't hear that traditional we, business. We look at all our financials every week. I, we're a real company, as you guys know. Yeah. So I have a CFO who's been with me, Steve's been with me a decade now. He's a CPA and a CFO. He came from a, was a $900 million family office. It's now a $1.4 billion family office. And every week, every Tuesday, I get financials on all the bank accounts. Yeah. I get the, the income statement, the profit and loss, the balance sheet every single week. And then we have monthlies and quarterlies because people who are rich and wealthy, Look at those look at numbers. The, yeah. And if you're afraid to look at those numbers, wow, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a problem because you, you're not going to get lucky forever. Yeah. So, John, and, and what I'm hearing, and you, you already said the key word is wisdom. That's wisdom right yeah, there. You know, sure. not the flash in the pants, not all of that, but it's the wisdom. What you're saying, look at your P&L, look at your numbers. You know what? Investing is boring. When you're doing it the right way, it's boring. It's, it's, not, it's not flash. If it's not boring, you're going to go broke. Like like our, our podcast, right? It's like, obviously, when you have someone popular like yourself, the, the viewings go up. But at the Ezria show, we do insurance agents, property managers. We just had a CPA, 1031, IRAs. Mm -hmm. Like, we have all these episodes on all these basic business fundamentals you need to understand. So Wisdom. Wisdom. Listen to, <laughs> listen to the boring stuff, too. Yeah. That's where the... It's, 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 you guys that are younger, so I grew up in a really small town. It was 25,000 people. It was in far, far northern California. I mean, in the 70s, you know, all the, the people that moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, they thought San Francisco was, you know, was Looney Tunes. They thought Southern California was on fire. Very, you know, the, the town was 90% conservative, 55% Democrat, 45% Republican, because up until a few years ago when the news suddenly said so, being a conservative liberal didn't necessarily have anything to do with your party Politics, affiliation. Yep. Uh, and it, by the way, it still doesn't. Right. A and, you know, there was only a small number of wealthy families. And there wasn't a lot of people who got wealthy who weren't in those families because it was just a small town, not that. In my high school, there was th three of us who worked very, very hard. And when we were 17, 18, I mean, we understood what it took. It took 80 plus hours a week every single mm -hmm. week. You worked hard and you owned. And the th all three of us became very, very wealthy with long-term sustaining money. And, and most people I went to high school with 40 years later, uh, I went, the only reunion I'd been to was the 40th. My wife's like, come on, we got to go, we got to go. It's like, yeah. 
It's like, well, if I didn't want to be friends with him for the last 40 years, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> right. be friends with him today. <laughs> so we went. It was a good time and, you know, and reminisced and met some people that there. But it's like many of them basically had the same job they had in high school. They were now the manager of the checkers at the mm. grocery store instead of being the box boy. But it was the same damn job. That's true. And the the people that, that were wealthy, I listened to him. I had a grandfather, a very large influence in me. He was 49 years in the U.S. Navy. He was a three-star admiral. He started as an enlisted man. He fought World War I, II, Korean Nam. Wow. Uh, when, when he spoke, people listened. And very, very strict disciplinary. My dad was very strict, a very, very strict household. But I learned to respect the opinions of older people. And more importantly, I learned to listen to the opinions of older people who were very successful. So I respected whether I thought you were right or not. Right, right. But when I would, you know, there was a guy in our town, the, Mr. Rodriguez. Mr. Rodriguez was worth like $750 million in the 70s it, in a town right. that, that had very few millionaire families. I mean, yeah. this guy had 42 guard dealerships and what he did with almost all his profits was bought land and built and developed oh. all in the whole I-5 corridor, California. Very, very wealthy guy. And he was a really nice guy. And I talked to him all the time and he talked, man. I just listened and listened and listened. And then when I was like sure. 14, he's like, you gonna write this down? I'm like, write it down. He goes, yeah, you should write it down. And he handed me a pen and, and a pad. And so after that, I, I would carry him with me because back then you didn't have a phone. You could type right. in it. Or and, record and, it. Yeah, or record <laughs> it. And I would just listen. And so when I had clients that were rich and people I met rich, I would listen to them. And I didn't absorb or take everything in. And some of like, ah, whatever, that's for them, not me. Often, however, mm -hmm. you know, 10, 20 years later, it's like going, oh, wow, the old guy with all the money, he was really He's, smart. Yep. And it wouldn't matter when he was born, he was going to be the old guy mm -hmm. with all the money. Wow. Great stuff, man. Yeah. And it's little key things that you could take from all of those, those conversations. Like you say, you may not take the entire conversation, but they may say one little thing to where you'd be like, man, you know what? Yeah. If I would have did that back then when they told me, my life would be totally yeah, different. Yeah, you, you, you take the pieces of work. So it's like right now, you guys out there doing creative financing. So this is where you learn. I met a guy, Dave Reed, in 1989. Dave Reed had bought over 200 houses on owner financing and subject to. And the guy who taught him told him to put in a clause in the contract that cost him his entire portfolio. So back it up. Here's the story. Dave started in the late 60s, early 70s in a town called Reno, Nevada. Dave bought a couple hundred single family homes subject to an owner financing and a couple of apartment buildings. Cash flow made money. But the clause he put in is one that these guys teach all the time on the podcast. They told him, but in the podcast back then, just some guy who didn't know what he was doing, who pretended he did. They told him to put in a bullet. Meaning in 10 years, he had to refinance. Right. Well, 10 years seems like an eternity. Does, yeah. The problem was 10 years later for Dave was 79 to 82 and interest rates hit 18%. Yeah. He lost on his own clause that he put in that almost nobody needed. He lost his entire portfolio because he couldn't refinance any right. of it. Mm. And so he literally, because of one person with a shiny object clause, lost a life's work. Wow. And when I met him, he was a pretty beat up guy, but a nice man. And sometimes in life we seek role models, other times reverse role models. And what was yeah. that first name of that person? Uh, Dave Reed. Dave. Let's not, so, and, let's and not be uh, let's not be Dave Reed. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Dave. It's saying, it's saying is, well, it's Dave Long in heaven now. His saying was balloons are for clowns. So if you ever hear a podcast guy or seven <laughs> oh, guy say balloons are for clowns, that was ripped off from Dave Reed. Wow. He was a friend of mine. I knew so the guy well. He left some wisdom. Yeah, oh, he left something. Yeah, uh, there was one other thing he taught me, but that was the big one I took away. Balloons are for clowns. That's going to be the subject line. Yep, yeah. Yep. The other one I learned from Dave is, man, reverse role model, don't ever buy freaking class C properties. They suck. Mm. There's, class C stands for crap. There's nothing good about them. And we're long-term players. Yeah. Stereotyping. What good dad, what good husband, what good man is going to let his family live in that neighborhood? None. True. You screwed him and put him in the home. And then when the guns start going off, you wonder why six months later they move, leave the house trashed. Yeah. And did, you bought a bad neighborhood. I don't buy anything that, you know, when my kids were babies and my wife, I didn't buy any house that my wife and babies couldn't go at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night. If they couldn't be there alone 7 o'clock on a Tuesday night, I don't want the property. There you go. Mm -hmm. Regular houses, regular people. It's, again, I mean, the guys that tell you buy Class C stuff, you can tell almost for sure they ain't operators for real. 
So they run in a portfolio of Class C. So let's leave it at leaving balloons for clowns. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> balloons, uh, for clowns. balloons are for clowns. So if you liked what you heard today, you found it even a little bit interesting, you need to be Monday, March 14th, venue 8600, Tuesday, March 15th in Tucson, Wednesday, March 16th at the Burley subgroup in Tucson, Thursday, March 17th at the Phoenix office, Saturday, March 19th back at the Phoenix, Phoenix office. You don't have to go to all of them. So just 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 be ready for that. Just go to the calendar. Yeah. Just just be ready for the week of yeah. March 14th to be with John Burley and Azria because you're gonna get a lot of information and a lot of wisdom. And that's what I take away from this episode. Yeah, it, it, a lot it, of wisdom. Yeah, and my promise to you guys, and you know, straight up, I give you my word. If you come down with an open mind, you're gonna learn things that will be life changing. Whether you work with me in the future or not, they will be life-changing. I'm going to give you a perspective on real estate that you haven't seen before because I'm not from real estate. I'm from stock. I'm from the stock market. I'm from Wall Street. And we look at everything foundationally and fundamentally different. Love it. Okay. All right, guys. Well, we will see you the week of March 14th. Thank you, John. As always, man, captivating, inspirational, a ton of wisdom. Man, you guys know exactly what to do. We want to see you on March 14th and that entire week. Be with us as Azria and John will be teaching and educating as always. So you know what to do. Get out there and enjoy the journey. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.